Welcome to track number 16 of Pastors of Thousands. Father, we thank you for another opportunity to receive your word and all that you have for us. We say, Lord, have your way and let your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You may be seated. Did you rest well? You feel strong? I want some more rest. Wonderful. How many know that God is taking you to another level at the camp? Powerful. Now, we are moving on. And we want to go to the next important aspect of our club meeting. How many know that you are becoming a pastor of thousands of thousands of thousands? It's amazing. Hallelujah. Now, through this camp, I want you, I'm sharing about why obedience is better than sacrifice. Remember we've talked about sacrifice before? Some of you have heard about sacrifice. But I'm sharing about why obedience is greater or better than sacrifice. Amen. Amen. Now, as we go through the camp, I want you to believe the Lord that you will obey Him in the ministry. How many feel that you are becoming more obedient? How many feel you are more obedient than before you came for the camp? Are you sure? How many are ready to go anywhere? Send her or him. Send who? Me. Amen. Amen. How many are ready to go to a poor place with no money? Edith, what's the name of her sister sitting by you? Marilyn. Marion. Marion, you're not prepared. You are our agent, raise your hand. All right. God is going to use you in a special way, and it starts in the heart. Being used starts inside. The first step to be used by God starts inside. Nobody sees that you've been used, you are used inside. And when you are used inside, you begin to be used publicly. God picks you up and you agree to flow with him. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen. So, I want you to have that very, very important uh, aspect of your life that you must be yielded to God from within. Amen. Amen. And I believe that as we yield, 
You see, this camp is a special camp for special people who are called by the Lord. I told you, I'm preaching to pastors. Did you see what I'm saying? I'm not just preaching to Christians. What's the theme of the camp? What's the theme of this camp? Pastors of thousands. Simple. This is, these are messages for pastors. Moving us into fruitfulness. Moving us into thousands. Amen. So if you were not a pastor, I wouldn't be preaching to you the way I'm preaching to you. You get what I'm saying? I'm, I'm campaigning for your heart because I know, even, not, even from anything else, but also from experience, that God's work starts in the heart. Even real prosperity starts from the heart. You've got to lose the interests and you've got to now focus on God and pick Him as the first thing. And when you do that, you will have many practical opportunities to show that that is the case. This is the thing about God. Just as Isaac was, Abraham as Isaac, Abraham was asked to put down Isaac, you will have a practical opportunity to do so. If you pass your tests, you find yourself moving to the next level. Jesus got to that exam and he said, he said, for this hour came I unto this world. He said, should I say, Father, deliver me from this hour? But for this hour came I. In other words, can I say or should I say now, Father, help me so that I don't go through this. No, this is why I came. And he said, except the seed die, fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. So there is a certain dying that takes place in a hidden place and the hidden place is under the ground are you listening to me by the seed in there no one sees that dying but when it happens down there it is obvious outside but many people cannot understand it and i'm sharing with you today at this camp decide to take a jump of faith you see that jump is inside the jump happens inside before people don't see it you jump within and you move. It's thereafter, sometimes a year, sometimes months, sometimes years later, the decision and the jump that took place in there at a particular time begins to show. And then people will begin to accuse you of this or that or that or that or whatever. But you know that long ago you jumped in your heart and gave up everything. And you knew. One day, I was speaking to some pastors. And I was talking to some pastors about the ministry. And how to serve the Lord. And you know, this pastor said to me, Bishop, but you see, you, your father has got a lot of money. And so, if you don't even work, you'll be alright. You know, when she said that, I knew straight away that her mind was not working in the correct way in terms of the ministry. Because I'm not in the ministry because my father has money. If you know practically what, uh, uh, how I've 
been able to survive up to now, you will know that my father was not the one who was looking after me. If you know the inside, you will know. You see, but from the outside, you may have an impression that of this and that and that, and because of that, you are secure, so you are doing this and that and that. But that's your that's entirely up to you. But you see, that's what I'm saying. It's those who are on the other side of the fence. You are far from that decision. You can't see everything you see differently because you have never experienced that thing before. Those who have experienced being yielded to God are the people who say, you know, anything that you say I should do, do it. I'm ready. I'm ready. You are the next person to be ready. Amen. I say you are the next person to be ready. When you are yielded to the Lord, and even he tells you, you know what? I want you to get married to this prostitute to demonstrate something to Israel. You will say, what choice do I have? Of course. Like Paul said, even if I don't like it, I still have to do it. Yesterday, remember when he was preaching? Even if I don't like it, I still have to do it. So it's better that I like it and flow with the thing. Begin to like what God has told you to do. Amen. You see, at every point in time, like in the ministry of T.L. Osborne, there was a time when he sat in a meeting with Branham. And uh, Prophet Branham was preaching powerfully. And then something in him clicked. If you read about the history of how these great people were released, something in him said, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I can do. I can do this. That was the beginning of it. In all the history books of the great revivals of these people, this particular thing is always mentioned. You see that this was how he sort of picked up. Well, he had been to India to preach with his wife and children. The child even died in India. He came back a very discouraged person. But he was at a meeting. You see, when God has great things for you, T.L. Osborne is one person who has preached to thousands and thousands of thousands. I mean, he was the first person in Ghana who had a crusade at the Independence Square that I ever saw. And just like Rebecca, he was promised thousands, but it was not so. Even his own child was dying and died. So is it the, is it the thousands? Is it the ministry? Is it an evangel evangelistic ministry? The souls that are to be saved cry. Even your family are finishing on, off the earth. But you see, there is a point where something in there takes place. And when that something on the inside takes place, it may be three years, four years, people will begin to see. And God is working on your heart. How can you know what is in your heart? Search me, O Lord, and know, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there is any wicked way. There is no way to know what is in your heart except you do a search. And then except you do a test. Try me. Try me and know my thoughts. How many want to know what's in your heart? If you want to know what is in your heart, you need to do a search and a test. The search will show you the options and the different kinds of things that are likely to be in your heart. And the test will show you which one is really uh, the case. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now the test 
is done by asking yourself a question or answering a question. Why did you not raise your hand? Why do you not say you're ready to go? If the Lord is sending you to Douala, why did you say you don't want to go? But then why did you say you go to Australia or America? But why, why did you say no to this? And why did you say yes to that? If the Lord asks you, go to uh, uh, London, say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I believe. And the same Lord says to you, go to Kaduna. And you say, Lord, thank you. I'm going to pray about it. That test, try me and know my thoughts, starts to tell you and to reveal to you things about what is in your heart, which you don't even know that are there. So you need to constantly try your heart. That's why I ask myself, if the Lord says to me now, move from where I'm living and move from where I'm staying to somewhere else, would I be ready to do it? I believe that I'll be ready to do it. In fact, I'll be excited to know that God has something new that maybe he's trying to, I don't know, maybe there's something new that he's coming to use me for. I don't mind. If the Lord even wants me to come to heaven now, maybe it means that I've finished my work, I've got a whole lot of crowns, and uh, the Lord doesn't want me to contaminate my crowns, so he needs me immediately for appointments and various discussions. And I'll be happy to go. Hallelujah. But if he feels that he wants me to stay around, I want to stay around. You know one of my prayers? When I pray, I have in my mind the vision of a broom. A a broom. A broom. Being used to sweep the floor. And I often pray, Lord, what others don't want to do, use me to do that thing. Use me to sweep the floor. Use me to do anything that is needed to be done. People don't want to do it. Use me to do it. I want you to hold me and just use me for whatever. Test yourself. Try me and know my thoughts. Search me, know my heart. If your heart is not right, you will never do well. The Bible says, guard your heart. For out of the heart are the issues of life. Out of the heart is prosperity. The issues of life are prosperity, success, healing, blessing, progress. Those things come from the heart. So when the heart is not right, no matter what you say, you get it. Things are different because the heart is on another level. People don't understand why the Lord seemed to love David so much. David. You know David, the David I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who was peeping. But people don't understand why the Lord loved David. The Lord loved David because David's heart, heart was different. And First Samuel 16, 7 says that God looks at the heart, not it doesn't listen to the words. It doesn't matter for one second what you say. That's why I'm preaching so hard to your heart. Because I know that I can ask you questions, you can say whatever, you can claim this, claim that, claim whatever, but God is just looking straight. It's like you have 20 pounds in your pocket. And I ask you, do you have any money? You say, no, I don't have. And maybe I've got an x-ray right there and it sees the 20 pounds. They say, I don't have, I swear, I don't have, I don't have. 
I don't have. I don't have. But the x-ray is showing the 20 pounds right in your pocket. Steve, are you listening to me? Yeah. So you wonder why God loved David. He said, a man after my own heart. Why did God love David? Why did God not choose the tall brother, the first few brothers of David? Why did God choose somebody whose father even didn't want him? Because I feel that David's father didn't like him. Because he had put him at a place where bears, lions and other. If you send your child and one day he comes and tells that a bear came, will you send him back to the same place? Where a lion also come and then we, he's come, a bear has come once, a lion has... Have you seen a lion before? I've been bitten by a lion before. Oh yeah? Oh yeah? I told you yesterday, a sign of growth is having new experiences. <laughs> I've been bitten by a lion before. Pray very hard that in your lifetime you'll never be bitten by a lion. That's not a simple thing. And if, if you, you've sent your son and your child has had an experience directly with a lion and you are sending him there, I wonder if you really like him. And when they said, gather your sons, he brought anointing or somebody is going to be chosen today. He brought and said, yeah, this is, this is, this is a pickup. Forgotten David. Was that because David was sitting in the thing singing, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He was so nice to God. God really liked this guy. That's why I want to become a worshiper. Oh, yeah. I don't want to just be a preacher and a soul winner. God has people who work for him. When you have children, you understand what I'm saying, Clarence. You have children, some will come to you to talk to you, and others will just do the right thing. You tend to like those who come to you rather than those who just do the right thing. God is taking you higher. Amen. Amen. So you must understand that God's mind and heart looking at the hearts of the people. He's looking at your heart today. Direct zoom, not your face. We are good at looking good. How many have been in your room and you look at the mirror when nobody's there? And you are not, when you put two and two together, you, know, you don't like what you are seeing. How many have seen and you don't like what you were seeing? Oh, man. But you see, we all manage to look good when we come out. Yeah. You manage to look good when you come out. You organize everything. Do your face, you do your hair, and you come. But God, God is not, God, God doesn't bother to even look outside. He goes straight down there to the heart. And he judges you and assesses you by what he sees. So today, remember that the most important thing is not what you say to Bishop, but what is really in your heart. That's the most important thing. And pray that you will have the, a good heart. I mean, look at the man. Search me, Lord. What is in my heart? Try me. Test me, Lord. If there's anything bad, please, I don't want it. God is giving you the ability to set your heart and to know and to be honest so that he can bless you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you ready to eat some toast? I'm ending in a minute.
Amen. Amen. But this is introduction is important for us. Amen. I said it's important for us. Amen. I am always doing surgery on my heart. I'm always exposing my heart to the Lord. Sometimes you don't understand why God likes some people and promotes some people. One day a pastor came to my church and he said, lift up your hands. And people lifted up their hands. Then he, 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 you see, he hadn't been to my church before or ever or for long. I mean, I do, yeah. And when the people lifted up their hands, he stood there and he said, why dag? You know, why did I have that crowd? Why dag? He was surprised. He said, why should Dag be the one to have such a church? Why Dag? Brothers and sisters, I may not look like the person you think should be and should have. Amen. Amen. And should be used by the Lord. And I'm sorry that I have not lived up to your expectations and have not qualified by your standards and criteria forgive me all the things you say are true amen forgive me but i thank god that i'm serving a lord who doesn't use your what do you call it (laughs) but he sees beyond and he says oh the man loves me he's making mistakes every day but he loves me don't, don't try to judge people by what you see them doing. Because you and I, we like, we like calling people by their problems. Too much. It's too much now. Let's stop it. A leper. A blind man. The woman with the issue of blood. But God sees beyond that problem. <laughs> Emmanuel the bachelor. <laughs> let's go beyond take my heart Lord take my heart there's a song like that consecrate the Lord to thee take my moments take my moments and my days let them flow in ceaseless praise. Amen. The heart is the main thing. One day, people, Jesus was talking, people were washing their hands and people were annoyed. And Jesus said, no, you don't understand. It's not those things and what goes in. It's what comes out. For out of the heart come things. The heart is the thing. Pray about your heart. So when Jesus came and said, I came to heal the broken hearted, probably that was the most important ministry is to come to work on hearts. I see God working on your heart. The anointing is working on your heart. The anointing in this room, in this community, is a heart anointing to work on the hearts. Because the heart is deep. God has given me an ability to relate with people's hearts. So I find myself relating with people more by their hearts than by anything else. Sometimes there are people, somebody say, this person is not good. But in my heart, I see the heart. And I don't see other things but the heart. And that makes me attracted to the person because the heart is a certain heart. And people look and say, this one, he did this, he did that, she did this, he did that. But the heart is there. He loves it. And even if it's his attempt, 
and her attempts to work for the Lord. That has brought all the problems. <laughs> it's true. It's his, his attempt to try to do something for the Lord. He is what has brought all his problems. And so God loves you for that attempt. God loves you for that attempt. You are the next person to become a star for the Lord Jesus. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. My soul will wait for you. Father, draw me nearer. Father, draw me nearer. Draw me nearer to the beauty of your holiness. Lord, I thirst for you. Lord, I thirst for you. And I long to be, and I long to be in your presence. My soul will wait, will wait for you. Father, draw me near. Father, draw me near. Draw me nearer to the beauty of your home. Lord, I thirst for you. Lord, I thirst for you. And I long, I long to be in your presence. My soul will wait. Father, draw me nearer, please. Father, draw me nearer. Draw me nearer to the beauty of your holiness. I wait, wait for Almighty God, Almighty God, in the beauty, in the beauty of your the beauty of your holiness. I'll wait, wait for you, Almighty God, in the beauty, in the beauty of your holiness.
worship the Lord. Just thank Him. Thank Him. That He's drawing you nearer. That He's drawing you nearer. And nearer. And nearer. Into His presence. Oh Lord, I will wait for you. We'll wait for your anointing, Lord. We'll wait for you to send your angels to us, Lord. We'll wait for your presence, Lord. For your glory, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for your glory. We thank you, Lord, for your presence, Lord. We worship you, Father. We worship you, Father. Oh, Sabakara, Rebosto Bovaria, Erobolos, Terebele, Shibolo, Rebele, Nivele, Lord, I thirst for you. Lord, I thirst for you. And I long to be. And I long to be in your presence. My soul, soul will wait for you. Father, draw me nearer. Father, draw me nearer. Yes. Let the lifting up of our hands be as the evening sacrifice, Lord. Let our prayers be counted for as incense before your throne. And let the lifting of our hands, Father, let them be, O oh God, like the evening sacrifice that is made to you this morning, Lord. Let our lives, O oh God, be like burnt offerings unto you, Father. Let our prayers, O oh God, be like sweet incense that come before the holy Shekinah glory. Let your glory, Lord, fill this place. Uh. Let us be in your presence and in the glory. Surrounded by your glory. Surrounded by your presence, Lord. Basuka berevele shibalare. Doste pravale kostele. Jiteste brovelare. Risto brovodikestere levederia. Oh, sakabalaria. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. 
Amen. You may be seated. Now, First Samuel fifteen. This this one is uh, why. Obedience is greater than sacrifice. What is sacrifice? The name. Jane. Why, what is sacrifice? Stand up and tell me what sacrifice is. Giving up something. In it. Does it sound harder than obedience? Huh? It sounds harder, isn't it? How many would agree that sacrifice sounds harder? If I wanted to divide the church into two and say, okay, those that would like to obey should go to the left, and those who would like to sacrifice should go to the right, and those who go to the harder place will get a greater reward. Most people would go, would think that the sacrifice is harder, and if you go to the harder place, of sacrifice you get a greater reward in it are you with me or oh, I lost you did I lose you on the way so most people would go for the sacrifice thinking that that is so hard that when you do it you're actually greater you know than the person who's not sacrificing he's just obeying some commands you are greater because you are sacrificing. But the Bible says, thank you, Jane. The Bible says that obedience is better than sacrifice, which is very surprising. How many are surprised about that? Alex, you're not surprised. No, because if you're not surprised, you can share with us. You are surprised. <laughs> Yeah, I, I know your hand was doing something, but I just wanted to be sure whether you were surprised or not. <laughs> First Samuel chapter 15, why obedience is greater than sacrifice. Verse 1. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel. How he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Are you with me? I'm on verse 3 of First Samuel and it's very easy to find Samuel if you are looking around Philippians, make a U-turn and come back to the Old Testament. Alright. 
Now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not but slay both man and woman infant and suckling ox and sheep camel and ass and Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah are you with me? And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Canaanites, Go depart, you get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Canaanites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur. That is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good. And would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king. For he is turned back from following me, and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, he set him up a place, and is gone about, and passeth on, and down to Gilgal. And Samuel said to Saul, and Saul said unto him, and Samuel came to Saul, and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord, I have performed the commandments of the Lord. And Samuel said, Said, what meaneth then that is if you have performed the commandment of the law of the Lord what meaneth then this bleating of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear and Saul said oh they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people the people not me the people spared the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. In other words, we've obeyed you. Basically, your command is obeyed. I mean, there are one or two variations. But in all, we've obeyed. Generally speaking, all that you said has been done. One or two things. Are a little different but putting two and two together we are on track then Samuel said to Saul stay and I will tell thee what the Lord has said to me this night 
And he said unto him, Say on. And Samuel said, When thou was little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then didst thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but didst fly, fly, fly upon the spoil. Circle those three words, flying upon the spoil. Flying upon the spoil. And did evil in the sight of the Lord. Verse 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea. He was arguing. There are some people, no matter what you say, they will never say sorry. Arguments and arguments and arguments and arguments. Pray about it. If you married in the night and when you woke up in the day, the person you marry is only arguing and cannot say sorry. Careful. All who married in the night are being released from every curse. How many realize that some people married in the night? Nobody. Okay. Not you, I mean, you know of people. All right, careful. I said, careful. careful. <laughs> Verse 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and I have gone the way. I mean, the prophet had just said you didn't obey. And you are now saying you have obeyed again. First, you said you obeyed, and it was like you didn't know. So now he has pointed out to you that you did not obey. And now you are saying that you have obeyed. Every stubborn character is being broken in Jesus' name. I say every stubborn character is being broken in the name of Jesus. Stubbornness is the cardinal sign of a fool. The cardinal feature of a fool is stubbornness. You talk and talk and talk. Is the cardinal sign of a fool. It's a sign, a feature that goes with it. It's like McDonald's. When you see the M, it's McDonald's. It's a cardinal feature. When you see stubbornness, you are seeing, it's written in the person, fool. Fool in manifestation. Trademark. Copyright to fools is stubbornness. In it. I said, in it. (laughs) All right. You all right? Okay, verse um, 20. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and I have gone the way which the Lord sent me. I mean, you have to accept that. Basically, most of what the Lord said, I have done it. And I have brought Agag. But I've gone even done more. I've brought Agag, the king of Amalek. And I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. You did not utterly destroy the Amalekites because you left this guy alive. And you are arguing, still arguing. 
the thing is there in black and white and you are arguing with, you, you, with your one mouth you are saying that I have destroyed I obeyed and you are explaining that you did not obey in the same breath it's, it's, it's difficult but it's a cardinal sign of a fool tell the person next to you look if I'm a fool please say, tell me so that I, I can be healed of this thing I, I, I need you to tell me. I, I need to be healed today. I don't want to go out of here with stubbornness. Help me. Help me. Because it's easy to laugh at Saul. I said it's easy to laugh at Saul. It's very, very easy. You just look at him and you say, this guy who's like this, who's like that. It's easy. But in our own practical personal lives, God should give us the heart of David. Amen. Now, are you there? I have gone the way and I've brought Agag the king of Amalek and I've utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Verse 21. But the people took off the spoil. You see, that's why we don't accept certain excuses. Sheep and oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice. And you are a pastor, saw Samuel. You should know that sacrifice is good. He brought it to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in, in Gilgal. Verse 22, which has become a famous scripture. And Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord behold to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Amen. Behold, to obey is better than the sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams amen. amen to obey is better and to listen to hearken than the fat of rams the fat of rams is what is used for the sacrifice the fat because they burn the fat of the rams you get it and when they burn the fat of the rams it burns fire you get it so it's the nicest part of the sacrifice it, it gives a very good bent offering because it really costs a lot of fire so it's like to obey is better than the sacrifice and to listen is better than that very good sacrifice which is really powerful and everybody likes you get what I mean are you there are you still around amen now now pastor Jude now you people for the rest of your life, probably this is probably one of the most important things you will ever hear for the rest of your life. 
if you can get this, you've got a whole lot of things that will keep you going. Because there are really two types of ministers. The Saul's, then you have the David, Davidic pastors, the Saulic pastors. And then, you see, God is taking us into a Davidic era. The Bible says that in that day, I will restore the tabernacle of David. It is a prophecy that God will restore the tabernacle of David in the end time. And the reign of Solomon, which is a reign of peace and great peace and great blessing and great establishment, speaks of when Christ returns, you get it, and peace and so on returns, and there's a millennium of stability and peace, and we shall reign with him. But before Christ returns, God will raise up a whole lot of Davidic people, people who will come into power in the right way, who will respect authority, and who even though they will see corrupt leaders in front of them, will not attack them, and will not try to use their own power and manipulation to put them up there, but will respect what God does and allow God himself to raise them up step by step until they are raised up to be where they are supposed to be. And even when, you, when they see the corruption ahead and they see evil clearly in black and white, will still hold back their hand and say, no, not me, maybe some other way, but I will not use my hand to manipulate my way and to destroy and kill others to get access into that place. And you see, when you come into a place in the right way, for instance, if you are in this church and uh, God is raising you up and giving you an opportunity to minister and to pastor, and you come up, you, are, you, you do what you're supposed to do, you are a good sheep, you are a good shepherd, and you are listening to the word of God, and you are growing, amen. You are growing, and you are, you are growing in the Lord and growing in the ministry. You are being established, and you, 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 you come up into a position of great ministry in the right way. You get it? You'll be so established in ministry, and that is a Davidic method because David's throne was the most stable throne. Even with a strong attack of somebody like Absalom, it was not able to destool David. He was still stable. That's why even the throne of Jesus is going to be established on the throne of David. Jesus' throne is the throne of David. But it, is, it describes the throne by which you come in and it's a God-given way, no matter how long it takes, 40 years, whatever years, you are ready to wait. You see, but the souls is, is another type of pastor who will obey to a point. Now, as you go higher in the Lord, you will, be, you will come to discover that what is displeasing to you, what you see as not good, is often what, it's not, often not what is God's problem. Like for me right now, if I see somebody who's fornicating all over the place and, or has fornicated all over the place, has smoked weed, has done this, has done that, whatever, and then I see somebody who has in his heart or her heart pride, and maybe that person who has done all those things is, is broken and wants to serve the Lord and is humble and all that, and I see somebody who's full of pride or bitterness or some kind of thing in there. <laughs> I prefer the person who's gone around the world and has done everything that can be done, you know, and, and has a good heart to this other person who's maybe perfect 
but has things in there a pride of bitterness of unforgiveness of all kind of salted things these days i look at people more spiritually in their hearts that's how i relate with people no more and and i i prefer that and i can see how you i can see a lot of things that i never used to see before oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah god looks at hearts it's what you must realize and if you are going to become more godly you must start to look at hearts when you start to look at hearts of people first of all you have more love for people first of all you have more understanding and then what will happen is you begin to approve of what god approves of and not what men approve of because you will have the same sort of thinking as god has are you listening to what i'm saying are you there or you've decided to go home yeah so god wants you to have a certain kind of heart and he wants you to see things in a certain way now when you are younger spiritually i believe you will say that oh this is bad this is wrong this is good and we have the usual what are the the big sins of christians fornication and what again adultery and what else lies and what else stealing and what else quarreling and even there you are going into another another realm drinking smoking drugs womanizing whatever these are the things that we know as bad but i tell you what eh? god sees all these things as bad as wrong but there are more terrible sins which are invisible now when you look at this you and i i want us to vote on this one too how many feel that god i mean not that you 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 don't think so but you feel that it looks like god was a bit hard on saul because the guy generally speaking obeyed what he said it's a small parts and even those small parts it was for a sacrifice I, I, he had a good motive I, I raise up your hand if you if you feel that it was a bit hard on saul yeah but you see that is because your standards are different from God's standards. I was telling you yesterday that we had this meeting. And, you know, I had a prayer meeting. And if, I, if you read uh, this book, give it to me, Isaac, uh, the, 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 the vision, final quest. I'll, I'll, I'll recommend this to you. How many have not read The Final Quest? How many don't have one? This book. Read it. When you read it, have you, Ben, have you got one? You read it. When you read it, you, you see Rejoin is going, as he goes through heaven and the various things that he, he begins to feel more and more useless <laughs> and frustrated and terrible because what is happening is that truth is being shown to you. Your terrible pride, your terrible arrogance is being revealed to you all the time. And you become more, you, you are so surprised. And what we think is great on earth, it's not great at all in the sight of God. And that is how it is when God is taking you higher. And at this camp, 
God is taking you higher. And, and in taking you higher, he's trying to show you things which he approves of and which he likes so that your standards can shift to God's standards. Paul, are you, are you getting that? Your standards can shift. Alex, are you getting that? God is shifting your standards at this camp. I say he's shifting your standards at this camp. One day, I had two pastors. One pastor had gone to get himself into all kinds of problems. I mean, the, the ones, the problems you, we know, the big four. You get it? Yeah, he had gotten himself involved with the big four. And then, are you with me? Are you, are you with me on that? Or I've lost you. Okay, you're still behind me. Right, let's go. So, sometimes when we get to a traffic light, I go and then you are still at the traffic light. So, <laughs> I want to be sure that you are behind me. And then, this other pastor had not gotten himself into any of these big four at all. And I remember one day, as I look at the two, I said to myself, if I was to choose between this person and this person, any day I will choose a person with, who has gotten himself with a big four to, to work with me. If I have to take a choice, that who will I choose to be with me? I would have taken the guy who had gotten himself with a big four. Different heart. The heart is different. <laughs> it's amazing. And suddenly you begin to see how when you are younger, you have some standards. Although you, don't, you still have those standards. You still believe in those things. But you even see some other things which are worse. And which are more terrible. Because pride is one of the unfortunate things that you wouldn't want to. And we are all suffering from pride. Including myself. That's why I pray for forgiveness every day. Sometimes when you hear me pray, you wonder what are my crimes. Oh yeah, I confess my sin. I say, Lord... I'm terrible. Forgive me for terrible thoughts. I'm always praying for pride. God. Yeah, I don't have those problems. <laughs> this is it. <laughs> so, when we, well, I was telling you yesterday that we were at a meeting and we prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And the Lord began to reveal. By the time we left the meeting, I said I had a vision. And the vision, I saw Jesus. Farkis, as somebody was saying. <laughs> As we were going around the tour of the Cape Coast Castle, and then they were showing us various things. And we got to a room where they used to keep the prisoners, the male prisoners and the female prisoners. And they were showing us the floor, you know, where they used to keep the slaves. <laughs> and they said, the guy said that, you know, there's a lot of fakis as well on the floor because the prisoners used to be there. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> anyway, I think he was trying to say feces, but he said fakis, you know. <laughs> I mean, he was saying that they were made to live there and do everything there, and everything. So the floor was full of fakis. <laughs> Come back to the road. Come back. You took a diversion. <laughs> All right. Now listen. The point that I'm... The, 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 what was I telling you about? Yes, I saw, I saw, we saw a vision. And the Lord showed me that that was me. And I see, I see 
When God speaks to you in a vision, it's the best vision way of talking to somebody. Because with a thousand words, let's take it. If I want to, if you want to tell somebody, I w- you want to transmit a message to somebody about how this camp meeting place is like. Start writing. You write. There is a hall. It measures, you have to start, it measures so many meters by so many meters. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight doors on the left, eight doors on the right. The doors on the first door on the right is half uh, uh, a counter, and then the other one is glass, and then the glass is divided by wooden, blah, blah, blah. And then on the left, there's a door like that, and then there are windows in the front here. The windows are glass windows. By the top of the glass window, there's yellow. Part of the window is yellow with a cross. And so on. And the floor is made of wood and this and that. And then the ceiling is made of that. And we've seated, seated in two parts. The left side is a little bigger than the right side. And the people are seated in an arc on the, on the right. But as it gets to the back, the arc turns into a straight. And then there are, some <laughs> poor, there are some people who are sitting on the side. And there's a clock on top of the people who are sitting there. And the instruments are raised on your left. If you are facing the congregation, the instruments are to your right. If you are sitting in the congregation, the instruments are to your left. Look, I will not finish explaining and describing this hall to you. But all I have to do is to show you one photograph like this. And 1,000 different words are ministered to you. And God has given you a message that this is what I want you to see. That's the power of a vision. We can write a whole book. And at the end of reading and reading and reading, you still don't. How many realize that if, I, if we did write an essay describing this camp place, you write along that you still not see it. The ceiling is white, and then it's made up of different uh, sections, different uh, panels. Uh, after one, two, three, four, five, six panels, there's a glass panel which has some light. One, two, three, four, five, six. So there are 11 on one side, 11 on one side. And you, you talk and talk and talk, and they can't picture it. So that's why sometimes God just shows you the picture. And when you see the picture, that is it. And when God spoke with me and showed me that, man, this and the Lord said, that's you. I realized that I was very offensive to the Lord. Perhaps some of you here are very offensive to the Lord. Not because you've gone to commit fornication. Not because you committed any of the big four. But because certain things are not according to God's standards, not right. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So you may have thought that God was a bit hard on Saul, but today God is raising your standards and is helping you to understand what he is doing. I feel a supernatural lifting in your life. Hallelujah. How many can feel that God is making you more mature at this committee? All right. Now, what was his problem with uh, Saul? Because Saul is explaining two things. Number one, he's saying that I've obeyed. And, 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 and what he was trying to say is that I obeyed to some extent. In fact, to a large extent, to 90%, to 95%. I mean, one king out of everybody is what percentage is that? A small percent. 0.0000 something percent. Then the rest of the things that were left were sheep and goats. And what was that one for? For church. For church work, for offerings, sacrifices. Now God is saying, I don't like your offerings. I want your obedience. Your little obedience is worth more to me than your big sacrifice. And I have often wondered, why 
and how can it be that my great sacrifice which I'm doing is not as great as that little obedience with that girl is doing over there. Why? That's why when you get to heaven, you see some people, the Bible says, if you give your body to be burned and you don't have love, it profiteth you nothing. That means that you can be the greatest pastor, greatest evangelist, and give your life, Pastor Richard, and live and die in Guatemala. Guatemala. And live and die in Cameroon. Live for the people. Die for the people. Give your life for the ministry. Give your money. Every Sunday. All the time. Everything. And if you don't have love for your wife. <laughs> careful now. You're going to lose your reward. It makes me very frightened. And it makes me want to be very careful that I'm treating my wife properly. Shall I? Because after all that I've done, when I get to heaven, an angel police will come for me. Penny, 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 penny. Say, me? You're coming for me? Do you know what I've done for the Lord? I came here. I've done this. I've done this. I've done this. I've given my body to be blessed. You don't have love. You don't love your wife. You don't love your sister. You don't love your mother. You don't love your father. You don't have love. It profiteth you nothing. It will not benefit you. Because of the hatred in your heart. I'm scared. Because that's not what I thought. Because I thought that with my great sacrifice, I'm so impressive to God. And God has shown me something that he's expecting me to do. I see, I should love. And I also don't see that it's important because this woman, she's a, a, pro, a problem. Uh, I married, it was very dark when I got married. I married in the night. When I woke up and I look, I said, man, it's a different person from what I thought. After three years, the night turned into day. And I saw that she was not what I originally, when I was in the night, when I was making maneuvers and, and doing certain things. I was doing all those things only because it was night. But now, Pastor, my eyes have opened. And I can see. So because of that, I don't love. No, but I gave you the, the reasons why marriage is important in the ministry, in it? One of, one, of them, one of the reasons why you marry in the dark is so that God could have an agent to humble you on a regular basis. <laughs> God has a secret agent in your life. <laughs> God has his own secret service agent sent into your life to sort you out and bring you down to ground level so that he can continue to anoint you. <laughs> Are you excited about that? Lift your hand and say, yes, Lord. Amen. <laughs> Father, draw me nearer. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So you see, it looks as though the, 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 the great sacrifice that we make for the Lord are sometimes not important <laughs> as we think they are. One day, I saw a pastor. He was doing a lot of things, a lay pastor in our church. He would come very early. He goes very late. 
he comes, he goes, he's moving, he's coming, doing so many things, traveling, moving. Oh, man! And the Lord told me, all that he's doing, he's trying to compensate for his disobedience. <laughs> what I've told him to do, he doesn't want to do it. And because he doesn't want to do it and doesn't want to give up himself to me, he's trying to do so many extra things. He does this, he does this, he does. His life was full of things. Moving. <laughs> so one day I called him, I said, brother, you are compensating. <laughs> <laughs> he said, when I think about what you said, I realize that it's true. <laughs> and he decided to obey the Lord. Sometimes our disobedience makes us feel so guilty. When they are taking offering, we have to give extra. Because you know that you are a bad boy who is doing something that you don't. So let me give something for the Lord to just take it for the meantime. I'm coming. <laughs> the Lord should just, uh, you know how it is, you give something, hold on to this, for, I'll see you, hold on to this, Lord. So that you don't talk about the issue. How many understand what I'm talking about? How many understand what I'm talking about? Yeah. But the Lord does not want, and you know, that's what happened with me. When I got to the crossroads in my life, at the end of my medical school, and I finished my housemanship, I wanted to go and I said, Lord, I'm going to work for you and bring money to you for your kingdom, for your work. And I will give a lot of money to let the work of God go on. That's what I said. That's what I thought I would do. And the Lord told me, I don't like it. I don't want it. I want you. Period. Now, how many think that I would have done better by giving a lot of good money to the Lord? Like, by now, I'll be in America, and I'll be... Today is what? Uh, Wednesday. And today we've got theater, so I'm uh, doing my surgery. You get it? I've, I've covered... Uh, wearing my gown. Wearing my gown. Doing my surgery. And then I need a hat. Wearing my hat and my whatever for my mouth. And then I'm, I'm operating. And I'm a very good Christian. I don't do abortions. I don't do, I don't steal money. I don't cut corners. I'm a very good, hard-working surgeon. And I've decided that instead of giving 10% to the Lord, I'm now going to give 25%. So of the $20,000 or whatever that I'm earning, I'm going to give 25%. And I've decided to increase it to 30, 35, 40% by January. And I'm operating. I said, oh, the Lord loves me. When I get to heaven, if I, the, 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 the sacrifice I've made and all this, and I'll even calculate. So if I give 25%, it means that 25% of my time, one out of every four days, I'm actually working for Jesus. And I'm operating. And then one day I'm operating, then suddenly, <laughs> I'm dead. Then I get to heaven. I say, oh, Lord, I didn't commit fornication. I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I didn't do any bad thing. And I was giving 25%. Here I am, Lord, I've come. Then suddenly I hear the sound. Angel police are right there. Sergeant Michael has come for me. Man! And this time they sent, 
they sent a lieutenant colonel to come in some armored cars for me. I said, me? I'm a very good Christian. I've been a good Christian for many years. Nobody can say anything bad about me. I'm moral. I'm holy. I am righteous. I'm a good person. I don't lie. I don't steal. I'm on the church board. I'm a patron to the choir. I help the old children's home, old ladies' home, old wives' home, all old homes. I've, I'm a, a donator. I, I've looked after my mother. I've looked after my father. I am very kind, and everybody knows I'm patient. Even when I I'm, I'm teach people and I help others, I've helped 17 people to come to America. I, I'm a good person. And the angel police said, shut up the foolish when you come and let's go. And then before I realized, handcuff on my back. I said, me? What have I done? Ka, 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 ka. Let's go. Hey. And then I come to the, I come to the throne and, and then they say, yes, yes, you have come for judgment. You did not obey. He said, me obey. I've done everything. There was only one thing that he, the Lord was saying something full time. I said, oh, I don't think that is the right thing at this time. So I've been giving 35%. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord is showing, you see, you see, oh, you see the churches, all those churches, all those souls, that's what was important to me. And they would have come out, and through that, I would have brought in people who would have given all that you would have given and more. You didn't know that. You were thinking with your own mind about what you are coming to do for me. There's nothing you can do to help me. All you are supposed to do is that small thing that I say to you do it. So you realize that obedience is different from sacrifice. It's a, it's a different thing. It's, it's different. It's more. What God wants is your obedience and not your special sacrifice. Are you listening to me? Yes. Are you there? You've gone home. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. So obedience is something that when you look at the life of, uh, what's his name? Saul. You begin to wonder, you know, it, it looks a bit hard, but you realize that it is important. And in that vision, the Lord was showing us that many people who are lay people, who are supposed to go to places as lay people, we have refused to send them or have, are trying to hold back. And that, I don't know, it's like I'm almost, almost cutting off a whole church or churches from existing by that one of obedience or disobedience. And I've realized now that it is very important to obey the Lord. Amen. Amen. Stand to your feet. Sing, here I am waiting, Lord, abiding me, I pray. I am longing, here I am longing for you. I am longing, here I am longing 
for you. Oh, Lord, hide me in your love. Hide me in your love. Oh, and bring me to my knees. May I know, may I know Jesus more and more. Let's all sing the Lord. Come live, come live in me. Come live in me. Oh, all my life. Lord, take over. My Lord, take over. Come breathe in me. And I will arise. I will arise. Sing, come live in me. Come live in me. Oh, oh, oh my life, oh my life, and come live in me, come breathe in me, and I will arise, I will arise. Oh, come live in me, come live in me, oh my life, oh my life, come breathe in me. Come breathe in me, and I will arise, I will arise. Sing, come live in me, come live in me. Oh, oh my life, oh my life. Come breathe in me, come breathe in me. And I will arise, I will arise. Eagle, oh, here I am, wait, Lord, abide in me, I pray, mm-hmm. here I am, longing, longing for you, for you, hide me, hide me in your love, Lord, and bring me May I know, may I know Jesus more and more. Oh, sing that, Lord, I am waiting. Yeah, yeah, I am waiting. I am waiting. Abide in me, I pray. I am longing. Yeah, I am longing for you. Oh, Lord, hide me in your love. Hide me in your love, Father, and bring me to my knees. May I know, may I know Jesus more and more. Sing that, Lord, come live in me. Come live in me. Oh, my life, yeah, take over. Come breathe in me, come breathe in me. And I will arise, I will arise. Oh, come live in me, come live in me. Oh, my life, oh, my life. Come breathe in me, come breathe. 